Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Burt's Books podcast. I am going to let you into a little secret behind the scenes here and that is the first thing I do when I have showered and dressed is I have to put on my shoes before I can sit down at my desk because otherwise I get sore feet da, 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 and I end up with bad back, bad hips, all of that jazz. Uh, but today it's taken me 20 minutes because I really can't be bothered. The sun is shining. I just want to go out and lay and read. I had my jab. I had my first jab yesterday and I've got a sore arm. Luckily I haven't had any of the uh, the side effects that other people have had. Uh, but yeah, I've just got a sore arm. I just want to sleep. I really can't be bothered. The fact that I've been having a bit of hay fever for the last week or so hasn't helped. Um, yeah, so... This might not be the most energetic of podcasts uh, today, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, today, I'm going to tell you all about "Would I Lie to You" by Alia Aliafsal, which is uh, coming out in July uh, in hardback. Uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to tell you more about it on the other side of this music. books I know where I was when I first saw them I see it on Instagram or Twitter fall in love with the cover I remember getting it in the post I remember asking for it sometimes I ask publishers for proofs of books this one I don't remember I I know somebody told me I would like it but I can't remember who uh let's I'll tell you the blurb so it is well I'll tell you what the book is first it is would I lie to you by Aliyah Aliafzal And, uh, yeah, so here's the blurb. At the school gates, Pfizer fits in. It took a few years, but now the snobbish mothers who mistook her for the nanny treat her as one of their own. She's learned to crack their subtle codes, speak their language of handbags and haircuts and discreet silver watches. You'd never guess at the glamorous kids' parties and the leisurely coffee mornings that Pfizer's childhood was spent following her parents around the tooting cash and carry. When her husband Tom loses his job in finance, he stays calm. Something will come along, and in the meantime, they can live off their savings. But Pfizer starts to unravel. Raising the perfect family comes at a cost, and the money Tom put aside has gone. When Tom's redundancy package ends, Pfizer will have to tell him she's spent it all. Unless she doesn't. It only takes a second to lie to Tom. Now, Pfizer has six weeks to find £75,000 before her lie spirals out of control. If anyone can do it, Pfizer can. She's had to fight for what she has, and she'll fight to keep it. But as the clock ticks down, and Pfizer desperately tries to put things right, she has to ask herself, how much more should she sacrifice to protect her family? So this is, so this book, yeah, um, you've got Pfizer, who is married to Tom, uh, it's a mixed race marriage. They've got two kids, one called uh, three kids: Sophia and Ahmed and Alex. Uh, and it's an interesting one because it's not something that Pfizer really thinks of until Ahmed points it out: is that he gets bullied uh, because he is mixed race. He's he looks like a white kid, but he's got a a, a, a foreign name um, whereas Sophia and Alex kind of get away with it 
because they've got more Western names. That is just one of the little bits of sort of commentary that there are on racism and just race in general in this book. The the idea that Pfizer is struggling to fit in at the school gates because she is already different to the other mums is um, a huge part of the book and the idea of status is really important to her as well because these mums, they're kind of like the yummy mummies. They stay at home whilst the husband goes out to work and earns 100, 120, 150,000 pounds a year. And yeah, they, they don't. They stay at home. They look after the family. They make nice homes. They buy nice art. They throw good parties. They donate to all the charities. And Fozer is trying to keep up. So when Tom loses his job, she... Uh, realizes that she's going to have to uh dip into the emergency fund which he's been which he's put aside it for some reason it's only in her name because uh it was set up whilst he was out the country needed a signature or something so she's been dealing with it and it's the only bank account that she's got access to that he doesn't however he does all of their finances and has just assumed that the 75,000 pound in that account is still there uh, I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, she then uh, has been dipping into it over the years uh, when uh, she's needed uh, a new um, new dress for a, for a function. She's bought from the £75,000. It's not that Tom doesn't give her an allowance, but he's very frugal with money. And um, her parents were very, very frugal growing up. And she's kind of rebelled against it. And she doesn't want to be frugal, they've got the money, they should enjoy it, it's kind of her attitude. Uh, so she starts taking from the emergency fund and dipping into that. And she kind of doesn't keep an eye on it, she doesn't read the bills or the invoices or the statements when they come through. She just pays for it, she buys art for the home and tells Tom that she got it as a deal, as a bargain, uh, so that she can show off to her friends and, and maintain that status, which for her, it's harder to maintain because she's kind of, through dint of her race, at the bottom of the packing order. Especially when it comes to one of the women, and I cannot remember her name. I'm going to have a quick look at the uh, book now. I think it might have been Julia. Yes, Julia. Um, and she, Julia is this sort of the, the lead mum, as it were. You know the type. The ones who are kind of the lead of the pack. They are... Uh, everything they say is goes. If you've watched Motherland, you'll know her. You'll know the blonde one. Um, so this, this is Julia. And she kind of has these... a lot of microaggressions towards Pfizer. And it's not sort of really clear why, but she, she kind of talks about your kind and your lot and, and it's never out and out um, as even as blatant as your lot or your kind but it's there this sort of racism that the others don't really see or pick up on even Pfizer's closest friend hasn't quite clocked it uh, so that's lent uh, sort of Pfizer to keep on going with this sort of dipping into the emergency fund when she checks the uh, account after Tom has been made redundant, she sees that uh, it's empty. There is no money. Um, 
And that is the start of the problems because he Tom's then saying, right, we need to transfer the money from the emergency fund. We've got, you know, I've got enough to last me six weeks. His redundancy pay isn't going that far. And yeah, she, there is no money. So she's like, right, I've got to get a job. I've got to get a loan. Um, I've got to get an emergency loan from the bank, but they won't do it because she doesn't have a job. And uh, yeah, so it's all a big faff. And um it's interesting because the, the, some of the blurb says it's it's uh, quite a funny book. A lot of people have said funny. I've I've talked to you about funny before, and I don't really, I don't really get it in book form. There are some books that really make me laugh, uh, that are just out and out farce. This isn't that. This is a uh, contemporary fiction, and sure, there are lines in it that are funny, but I, I don't find the situation funny. I don't find it funny when that she's got. Uh, this money that she can't get to and that she's ended up at this Botox party. I, f- I just feel sorry for her. So yeah, there is humour in it, I guess. But uh, it's not it's not laugh out loud funny. It, in fact, it goes quite serious towards the end. And actually towards the beginning, there's somebody on a ledge who's considering suicide and we don't know who it is. So, so there's a, the possibility that this is all going to a very dark place. Uh... Let's go back to the um, the money, uh, the bank account. First of all, it's a hell of a coincidence that it's empty at the moment that he loses his job. £75,000 in there. She's been dipping into it for years. And now the time that she goes to check is empty. There's not even like £100 in it. They just say it's empty. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm struggling to understand. I'm sure, I'm sure it's possible how somebody could pay, could, could secretly spend £75,000. They are an extravagant family. They are sending their children to private school. So the family is not... She's not, it's not short of money. They're not, she's not sort of looking for um, school fees out of this money. It is... She's buying paintings and she's buying dresses and just little extra things for the children that her husband maybe doesn't think is necessary. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I, it's not something I can comprehend. It's outside of my world. You could have said that the emergency fund was £25,000, and I'd have believed everything. Uh, also, then, to then reclaim £75,000 in six weeks, that's just not possible in my world. But Faisa sees it as something that is possible, and she goes to a... Uh, or at least part of it is possible. She's going to... Basically, the idea is she's going to get enough money to each month to sort of cover what is needing to be covered. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about how the money side of it works. But also, Tom is, it seems, very anal about the money. Um, and it, it strikes me as odd that he never once asked her. I don't, I don't really know how long this emergency fund's been there for, but it does strike me as odd that he never once asked for a statement of it. Uh, his name was on the account. He could have gone into the bank. Because surely it must have been gaining interest. Why didn't he look to see how much interest it had gained in the first year and, and whether it was the amount he was expecting? Because that's... I feel... I mean, I'm careful with money. And I know exactly what I've got where. Uh, but I still check it. I still check it to make sure. So I, I feel like that's a slight missing... It bothered me because I felt it was out of character for Tom. But it is what it is. Uh, it's sort of done to um, 
make the book happen. And it is just frustrating the whole way through because if they had just talked to each other, a lot of the problems that they then have wouldn't happen. But Tom is spiralling. He's going into this sort of deep depression because he can't. he's lost his job, he can't find another job. Pfizer is, is uh, sort of working herself up like a firework. She's got all this energy because she's got to do something. So she, they're going off in vastly different directions. Um, so you can, that makes perfect sense as to why they don't talk to each other, but it's frustrating that they don't. Um, did I enjoy this book? Yeah, I did. Um, I think maybe it was slightly too long. Uh, it's 400-odd uh, pages. It could have... For 400-odd for pages, for essentially what is uh, middle-class people getting angsty about money, it's maybe a little too long. Uh, but it does have some interesting um, think points to make about uh, race and how it fits into that middle class uh, sort of world, upper middle class, let's say. Um, and yeah, then when, when she gets to know her boss at, at her new job, it kind of kicks up a gear and there becomes a little bit more of a, okay, things are odd here. Things are gonna start kicking off. What's, what's gonna happen here? So that is really interesting, but that doesn't happen for quite some way into it. Um, and I guess for a realistic reason, it wouldn't because she's worrying about getting a job. But we spend a long time sort of running around in circles at the beginning as, as she's wondering what to do. Um, and then eventually she does get the job and things kind of kick in upper gear. So, um, yeah, that is Would I Lie to You? Um by Ali, Ali Afsal. Would I Lie to You by Alia Ali Afsal. It is available to pre-order now at birthsbooks.co.uk. Um, and it, I would love to hear from you if you've read it. Again, just one of those things that so many people have said it's good. I really liked it, but I don't think it was quite as good as everybody was telling me it was. Uh, but if you've read it and you loved it and enjoyed it, do get in contact. You can email me bert at birtsbooks.co.uk or find me on Twitter at birtsbooks. I'm also on Instagram as well, so if you want to look there, you can. Uh, in the meantime, please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. That way you will never miss a book review from me. Uh, but if you do want to uh, just skip all this blabbering on, you can find me on Instagram at Burt's Books, where I'm going to start doing uh, hashtag Burt's Book of the Day, because then I'm going to put up a different book every day in my stories that you can then look to see whether it's something you like and I will build up a little history of stories there for you that are quirky books or crime thriller books or general fiction, contemporary fiction uh, so you can then browse over time uh, which ones you like and this one, Would I Lie to You is going to be the first one on that list um, that's it for today so I will speak to you again on Friday probably uh, I'm pretty much up to date on the books I think I maybe got one more to tell you about uh, and then I'm reading the next one I've had a real reading slump lately so uh, I might save it for next week uh, but whilst I am in that reading slump you should keep reading <laughs> <laughs>